It's time for the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker, author of two best-selling books, and the president of three financial companies. He's also a frequent guest on national media outlets such as CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. This is the Wealth and Health Show. Welcome in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're joined this week by a special guest. You're going to love the show. And, of course, each and every week we talk about a variety of different things, not only on the wealth side but the health side of life, where our goal really is, and we've been blessed to have the opportunity to interview a variety of different CEOs and really masters of crafts in whatever they do all over the country, whether it be international acclaimed artists to CEOs of top companies, business leaders. And then on the health side as well, we've had the opportunity to interview a variety of doctors and different folks that are really helping us not only live well on the financial side, but also on the health side of life. Today, we're joined with Dr. Sheehan. He's joined us in studio. We're blessed to have him. So Dr. Sheehan, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure to come down and see your studio and see what your operation's all about. Yeah, I appreciate that. And we're going to talk today, folks, about a bunch of different things, but I'm really excited because, you know, obviously it doesn't matter how much money we have in life. You can work and work and work for years and years and, and accumulate lots of money. But if you're in a situation where you don't keep your health in order and in check and kind of watch some of the vital signs you need to be looking at and watching for, odds are you're not going to enjoy your money quite as much. So we want to kind of make it fun and make it something where you can learn some things and, and grow. And I know, Dr. Sheehan, you've had some pretty significant education. I know you had your residency in Philly, fellowship in EMS, disaster medicine. Why don't you tell me a little bit? You know your story better than I. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, of course, Mike. You know, I don't want to get too far into the details of, of education, but the point is, you know, I'm a, I'm a board-certified emergency room doctor. I've worked hard early in my career. I've been able to achieve some goals that I wanted early in life, uh, you know, of course, following some of your principles of motivation and, and of course, uh, planning things ahead. And I've been able to get to a position where I'm now leading an emergency department. Um, I oversee the EMS uh, services within our county. I provide the medical direction at our 911 center. So I've really been happy with uh, how things have been going. That's great. You know, and folks, one of the things that he mentioned, and we've talked about this in other shows, and of course, we're going to talk about some health things here, major signs not to ignore to go to the ER. And again, he is kind of over to some degree, uh, two different hospitals as far as the ER department. He kind of works in with a group of a bunch of different hospitals. It's actually the group has 20 different hospitals in the Northeast, a very large division. And Sean, Dr. Sheehan is really in a, in a place where he oversees to a lot of degree, two different specific hospitals. And he mentioned about his track record and growing and just having the opportunity to do some things. And I think that what happens in life is we take opportunities and we live with the end in mind and really put things in place to allow ourselves to be successful, you end up in places where you have these opportunities. And I'm really excited for you to share with our listeners today a little bit, Dr. Sheen, about some of the major signs not to ignore to go to the ER. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to the ER, right? Absolutely not. It's uh, The <laughs> ER is a crazy place. Let me just tell you, all of you that in case you uh, haven't been there recently. But, uh, you know, of course, we're always there for everybody's needs. There's many reasons to go to the ER, but I think one of the areas that we've really been trying to put a lot of education into, and of course, you've probably seen the TV ads and billboards, certainly are stroke symptoms. You know, chest pain really got all the glory. And that was partially due to uh, Bear Aspirin and their advertising. Hmm. Of course, uh, Bear wanted to sell their products. So, you know, they put that education out there. Of course, if you had any twinge of chest pain that you should take a bare aspirin and go to the hospital. Well, that certainly did help educate the public because people know when they have chest pain, they should get to the hospital because they could be having a could be having a heart attack. Well, having a stroke is the heart attack of the brain. And that educational uh, component just 
hasn't been as successful as cardiac chest pain. And stroke is a tricky illness. There's only a short window to be treated. Currently, there is, you know, uh, three hours is the general window. Some people have tried to extend that under certain conditions. But really, three hours is when you need to be evaluated by if you're going to get this clot-busting drug people talk about, which is called TPA. And the idea behind that drug is that we can give you this drug and it'll get up to that clot and open that vessel back up and hopefully limit the damage of the stroke. However, once three hours pass, and you know, Mike, you're going to be familiar with this concept of risk and reward, certainly that applies to investments, that the risk outweighs the reward after three hours. And the, this medication, while it can save your life, it can also kill you. And once that three hours is gone, the chances that this medicine could kill you and have little benefit in your life, the, the scales change at that three hours. So once you develop these initial signs of stroke, you really need to go and get evaluated because the window is very small. So when people are in a situation where I'm mean, obviously, you know, because, you know, people have different things happen to them health-wise. So for the simple terms for folks out there, I guess, uh, Dr. Sheen, what would you say would be a couple things to be mindful of to say, okay, this is probably something where it could be a stroke symptom, you know, because there's a lot of things probably folks could get confused and say, oh, this might be this XYZ, but it may not necessarily be a stroke symptom. Absolutely. You know, uh, the medical field is confusing and, you know, to the lay person, they're, they're not always sure what to look for. A couple simple things would be a change in speech. Uh, you're not able to speak correctly. You can't find words that you thought you could easily summon from your memory. Or maybe you notice that when you speak those words that they're slurred. Another sign may be sudden weakness in your extremities. You go to stand up from the couch after watching your TV show and you notice that your right leg is weak and you can't walk down the hallway. Well, those are all certainly signs of stroke. And probably one other area would be a sudden change in vision. And that's usually involving both eyes, uh, that suddenly you notice that looking at the dashboard in your car, that you can't see the right side of the dashboard. Mm -hmm. It's not there. That would be another sign of a stroke. Now, we've heard a lot, you know, about TIAs. And I know I've heard it over the years. When I started out in the industry several years back, it's been almost 15 years now, I actually entered the industry starting at long, the long-term care side. And you know, you hear about a lot of different things. But from a TIA perspective, what is the difference between a TIA and a stroke itself? Sure, that's a great question. You know, let's go back to the idea of thinking about a stroke in terms of a heart attack. Well, when people have chest pain and they go and get checked and they maybe get a stress test and they find that there's a small blockage that's not a complete blockage, but if they would have waited any longer, they would have developed a heart attack. Well, a TIA, often referred to as a mini stroke, is chest pain of the brain. That is a warning sign that a vessel is about to occlude and that you are about to have a full-blown stroke. And help, you know, those folks out there, a lot of people, the terminology occlude, what's happening there? Well, you know, in simple terms, in simple terms, the blood can't get through that vessel. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of that vessel, the blood can't get the oxygen and nutrients that it needs to support your brain. Okay. And that is what a stroke is, essentially. So it's blocking the flow. Yeah, it's, it's okay. blocked off, and there's no more oxygen supply to that part of the brain. And, mm -hmm. you know, in stroke, especially talking about retirement, stroke is so important because it is the leading cause of disability mm -hmm. in the United States. Is that it's right? It's one of the top, you know, it's consistently is one of the top uh, reasons for disability. Mm -hmm. And it certainly is very life-changing. You can go from being a very independent person, you're enjoying your retirement, the good years, and suddenly 
you can't get out of the house anymore because your leg doesn't work Mm. the way that it used to. And it's very, very devastating. And I can't emphasize enough the importance to go and get checked out. It's really unfortunate what can happen. You know, it's interesting, uh, folks. We wanted to bring uh, Dr. Sheen on today, again, to discuss some different things, to allow you to know some of the symptoms and signs to be aware of these things should happen. And obviously, at any point in time, if you have questions about us or if you have questions about Dr. Sheen or you missed part of the show, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com or go ahead and send us a tweet to at leanonthewall. Again, at Lean on the Wall is our Twitter. Feel free to send us a tweet there if you have a question or just a comment on the show. And again, we're interviewing Dr. Sheehan here. He is the Medical Director of Emergency Medicine and also the Vice President of Medical Affairs for a fairly large group. And let me ask you this, and we're talking about TIAs here and strokes, and Dr. Sheehan, what would you say would be some things, when people look at those, they see the differences, they go in. Are there any ways that after they go in, okay, so let's say they surpass the three-hour time frame, right? And they've missed that mark. Is there a high probability of really some long concrete damage or are there, it's just case by case? Yeah, you know, it's case by case. The brain is really an amazing part of your body, kind of in a rudimentary way. Let's think of it as a bunch of wires that are all stuffed in inside a, a small space. And some people are able to unhook wires and rehook them up in other ways to get function back that they lost from a stroke. But unfortunately, not everybody has that opportunity. And again, it's all about how quickly you can get treatment. And on the flip side, you know, stroke is a tricky business because the only treatment currently available is a medication that essentially makes it easier for you to bleed. Hmm. Is that right? Yeah. And I've had some unfortunate cases that that has occurred. That's a known complication. And the treatment can actually kill you. Hmm. Are there any folks, you know, where they're out there and they're looking at this, and of course, a lot of people are familiar with stroke in this country. You hear about a lot, you know, people have had it in different capacities, obviously. Is there anyone that should be in a place where they say, you know what, okay, if these one or two or three, and again, it's case by case, so you got to be real careful here, folks, when you listen to this. We're not obviously giving any specific advice for you to go here and there. We're just sharing some thoughts and insights, so be mindful of that. But from your perspective and, and from your career, Dr. Sheen, is there any way where someone could say, okay, you know, in this particular instance, they're there in the hospital and the doctor maybe is or is not recommending this TPA. Are there any couple pointers where somebody could say, okay, if these three things line up, you should implement this. If not, obviously, if we're after the three-hour window and all that. Sure. I, the criteria is very in-depth. There's a large checklist of who should and shouldn't get TPA, and there's all sorts of different circumstances. But I think for the general public, what's important to find out is you may live in an area where one hospital is 40 minutes away, one hospital is 20 minutes away, you know, or maybe you have multiple hospitals around. Well, it's important to find out the capabilities of those hospitals. Mm. Some hospitals specialize in our called stroke centers. And what that means in the case of stroke is that there are neurologists that are immediately available to consult with the emergency department. The radiology services are very attuned to getting the radiologic studies that we need to make these decisions a lot quicker than, say, a uh, a very generalized non-stroke center. So I think that it's important to maybe just check out, get on the internet, see what hospital close to you is a stroke center, a chest pain center, a trauma center. Because if you do have a choice of where you can go, some people may not, of course, but if you do have a choice of where you can go, you would rather go to that specialized center because what may happen is you may go to a non-specialized center and they may recommend transfer or they may not have a neurologist immediately available. 
And all these things take time and time is very important as we talked about that three hour mark uh, when it comes to stroke. And so folks, what he's really talking about here, which which really makes sense in all aspects of your life, is the idea of preparing in advance, right? If you're in a situation where we're all living life, all right, and we're all at different ages and different stages and different health situations. So, you know, why not prepare in advance? I remember when I was on the book field, you know, a long time ago, I sold books door to door and we always use the slogan, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, yeah. you've heard that before. Yeah. So it's just the idea, folks, of being mindful of your surroundings. Too often people spend more time planning their vacations than they do their life. So part of the goal of the show is really to help you activate your life, so to speak, to some degree and say, listen, there are some things that we need to be aware of. God forbid, I hope none of you listening to this has a stroke or has issues with that, but you know, obviously being one of the largest leading causes of disability, as Dr. Sheen mentioned in the country, it's something that is around and we need to be mindful of, we need to be aware of. So why not prepare in advance and find out, maybe it's not just stroke, maybe it's other things. Kind of where would we go, God forbid, something like X, Y, or Z occurs, where we can go to get this knowledge, advice to kind of help us get the best expertise in the field instead of just going somewhere generally. You know, the last thing I think what you're saying, Dr. Sheen, is basically if somebody's in a situation don't just go to a general hospital because that time is so crucial, right? Yeah. Well, there's options out there and different hospitals have different capabilities. And if you have options, you should know what they are. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, folks, we got to head to a commercial break, but we're going to talk when we come back about some different things of major signs not to ignore. We're going to continue on that, but also some things of how the ERs have changed over the years and some other things you're not going to want to miss. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to The Wealth and Health Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're joined here by Dr. Sheehan. He is a board-certified doctor, really also has a fellowship in EMS and disaster medicine. He oversees, to some degree, two different hospitals in a network of a hospital group. There's about 20 different hospitals, one of the largest groups in the Northeast. And uh, we're talking about, we talked last segment a little bit about the idea of strokes and how it is one of the leading causes in America of disability and some of the things that way. And what are some ways to avoid that? So by the way, if you just caught us and you missed last segment, make sure you go to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com and click on the Wealth and Health Show and you'll be able to view or really listen to 
some of the previous segments so you can catch that. Three things I wanted to kind of wrap up on in that segment because we moved by, but I wanted to just make sure. So if you're in a situation where you have had a health change, change in speech, sudden weakness in extremities, change in vision, and some other things, those are some issues that you want to be mindful of that could possibly be stroke or even TIA-related issues. So make sure you get them checked out. And obviously, do your homework, prepare in advance, as we mentioned, to go to the right specialist, find out who in your area are the people to go to, who are the experts, really. And as far as this segment, I wanted to talk a little bit about, Dr. Sheen, how ERs have changed. We're going to talk about some other things later, folks, as far as some home remedy that you're not going to want to miss. But how have ERs changed really over the years? Well, you know, emergency medicine started out with, there weren't specialists. There wasn't any board certification in emergency medicine. It just used to be one of the doctors would come down, they'd sleep at the hospital overnight, somebody (laughs) would show up and you know, you might have a broken arm, but a gynecologist might come to check you out. You is know, that right? Board certification in emergency medicine is rather new. It's one of the newest specialties in, in medicine. And as we've grown, we certainly have felt the pressures of the change in healthcare um, and the availability of primary care. So now, you know, what is an emergency room doctor? Because I think that's important to talk about for a minute. You know, most of my residency was either spent taking care of critically ill people, either in a burn unit, uh, in a trauma unit, in an ICU. You know, we spent, of course, pediatric times and PICUs and NICUs and all those specialty areas. And, you know, we are really critical care doctors. And, you know, as one of my professors used to tell me, he said, look, you know, you are a critical care doctor who was forced to do primary care. And that's really become our, one of our roles in modern healthcare. If you can't get in to see your primary care doctor, and if you don't have health insurance, well, the ER is not going to turn you away. And I don't want to get into the morality of, of these subjects and what's right and wrong and global health care and that sort of stuff. But the point is, the emergency room is always open. We're always going to see you. We're always going to take care of you. And the way that healthcare has changed, we are seeing a lot more primary care type issues because people can't get in to see their primary care doctor. So let me take this opportunity to remind you, if you haven't seen your primary care doctor in the last year, (laughs) give them a call, make an appointment, get that regular blood work and physical. So Mm -hmm. when you have a problem, they know who you are and they'll get you into the office. If they can't, they can call you in a prescription or hold you over until they can get you in. But if they don't know you, if they haven't seen you in over a year, they're not going to be willing to do that. Well, being proactive, I think helps. And I think the other thing you're mentioning, I know we've talked kind of offset to some degree. And I I think, you know, people going and visiting their primary care physicians proactively, you know, it's just like a car. I mean, we all drive cars or, you know, have driven them over the years. And we know that, you know, every 3,000, 7,000, 10,000, whatever miles, depending on the type of car you drive, the oils and fluids needs flushed and changed just to kind of update, keep things fresh. Same way with our bodies. We want to make sure we're proactive with that. And, and what happens, folks, I think sometimes, Dr. Sheen, you can help me know if this is I'm on the right track here. It seems to me that a lot of times some ERs can get clogged up because people are in a situation where they're going to the ER and they really don't have you know emergency needs, if you will, they're, but they're just going there because of the primary care situation. Whereas if they would go to their primary care, be proactive about their own life, they probably wouldn't need to go to the ER. Is that a safe assumption? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And you know, not that we don't want to see you. We're always happy to, to see everybody that comes in the door. But you know, the, the ER at times can be a bit of a disaster and you may not want to be in a bay for your primary care health need next to somebody who's having, you know, a crisis, having a having their emergency. 
and it certainly can become uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you mentioned I thought was really interesting is the idea of board certified for emergency medicine has been kind of a little bit newer concept. For those that are out there listening to this that are not in the medical profession, that are kind of more lay or do other things from that perspective, what does it really mean to someone if they hear and they say somebody is board certified? I mean, obviously, I know that they've gone through more schooling and testings and things, but what's kind of a simple definition for somebody out there to say, okay, this person's board certified and that's why I want to go to them? Well, it simply means that you met a standard. Okay. You know, I'm board certified by the American College of Emergency Physicians. And uh, they, of course, have a, uh, they have a group that creates a test, then they set standards for everybody that is going to meet that board certification. So you know that if your emergency room physician is board certified, they have met those standards. Mm-hmm. And folks, that's really important. You know, when it comes to your health, you only get one chance a lot of times. So you want to make sure that you're getting the right advice. I know we see that a lot of times in the financial side of life where people have uh, maybe not done enough research or enough due diligence. And, and that's one of the reasons, you know, we specialize ourselves, you know, only working with higher net worth clients, overseeing those financial affairs, similar to your situation, being specific and, and kind of focusing on a particular niche. Even though you have the ability to kind of take care of other things as they come in, you certainly can. You're very specific in your nature as far as what your skills and expertise are, which I think is really, really important. So folks, if you're out there and you're in a situation, again, not to beat the drum, so to speak, but if you have not visited your GP, if you will, you know, your general practitioner, go out there and and get your visit, get started. If you don't know anyone, search the area, get online, ask a friend and go visit someone, at least get those levels checked. That way you're preparing in advance and you're not going somewhere when it's catastrophic and you need major situation and major help. I know as far as some the ability to kind of correct at home. We talked about a new AED unit, and I thought was pretty significant. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the history of this, why this is important for someone out there, the listeners, as far as uh, kind of self, I don't want to say self-medicating, but taking care of things, preparing almost in advance at home. Well, this is preparation, essentially, for a disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, these units, they're called automatic external defibrillators. Mm-hmm. Until recently, they were really only carried by health professionals or they required a prescription to obtain one, but they become so automated and work so well that they are available to the general public. And, you know, talking about investing in your safety and your future, you know, this is something that, you know, I bought for my own parents. It's a couple thousand dollars. It depends on, on what model you buy. You know, there's multiple manufacturers out there, uh, Physio Control. Philips, uh, uh, Zoll, there's multiple manufacturers, all make great products. But let's just back up a second. You know, why would I need one of these? Right. You know, let's yeah. let's talk about that first. So an automatic external defibrillator is for a heart attack. And the term heart attack gets confused as well. Hmm. So I want to be clear about what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. People will confuse somebody with having chest pain as having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Well, Absolutely. It's not that simple. So let's even be more specific. We're going to talk about sudden cardiac death. So this is somebody that has a big event and becomes unconscious because their heart stopped functioning correctly or stopped altogether. This piece of machinery knows how to analyze that cardiac rhythm that your friend or loved one um, is now in that's abnormal and deliver a shock of electricity to help reset the heart and hopefully restart the heart. And the heart is even more, you know, we have, we're we're talking about minutes here. We're not talking about hours. So once your heart stops, you have about four to six minutes to get it restarted, you know, and of course there's 
that's a bit of a generality. I mean, you know, we can stretch these things either right, direction. Right, right. I mean, there's exceptions to every rule. But time is short yeah. to get the heart restarted. So this machine, if your, your husband or, or wife happens to have a sudden cardiac event, sudden cardiac death, you take the pads, they're large stickers, and you put them on their chest, and you essentially turn the thing on, and it tells you what to do. It tells you, I mean, there's no thought involved here. It tells no, you. Fully dummy proof, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I need the dummy proof yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to get it. Yeah. It's, it's been, we're, we're in the, uh, you know, these things have been around for a while, and they've been tested on lots of dummies. So, okay. So you're, uh, you're not going to beat it. Yeah, um, okay. So this machine will deliver an electrical shock if it's indicated. It's not always indicated. Will it but, do it automatically, or is it something you Yes, need to, okay. yeah, you don't even need to hit a button. So you put the pads on. And automatically, it's going to read and diagnose, and it's going to decide what's... It's going to tell you. It's going to say, stop compressions, preparing to deliver an electrical shock, stand back, and it'll do that by itself, and then it'll tell you what to do after that, Mm -hmm. you know, resume chest compressions. So, two things you can really do to help save a loved one, or maybe a neighbor, and maybe your neighbor's outside cutting his grass and and drops over from a sudden heart attack is learn basic CPR. The American Heart Association has lots of courses out there. And the new CPR doesn't even require mouth-to-mouth anymore. It's really all about chest compressions. Is that right? Yeah. and uh, you always see those pictures and think about that. Right, yeah, you always, yeah. Yeah, I mean, believe me, if you dropped over, I'm not looking forward to putting my mouth on your mouth, okay? So um, Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah. I, I don't know where you've been. Yeah. So, you know, all we need to do is uh, start chest compressions. I'm going to put this machine on your chest. It's going to tell me, stop compressions. I'm analyzing the heart rhythm, and a shock is indicated. Stand back, and it'll deliver that electricity and hopefully restart your heart. So you think about, you know, four to six minutes. Mm -hmm. That passes quickly. Sure. Because Especially when you're in panic mode. I've sat in the 911 center and listened to these calls come in. I've listened to these tapes of panic people calling that saying, you know, my my husband was uh, outside shoveling snow. This always happens every year. First snowfall up in the Northeast. Somebody goes out and exerts themselves shoveling snow, and they have a heart attack. They, They have sudden cardiac death. Well, just the time to make the phone call is about a minute, okay? The dispatcher then has to activate an ambulance. For that ambulance, depending on what type of area you live in may take two to six minutes just to get on the road. Your time is, is burnt. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Mm-hmm. You're done. You're done. So, you know, starting chest compressions and applying this AED could, uh, you know, potentially save your loved ones or neighbors or friend's life. Yeah, which is huge. And, you know, folks, again, we're talking with Dr. Sheehan. He's a board certified doc. He did his fellowship in EMS and disaster medicine and, and really the head of a a variety of different hospitals in the Northeast and a big group over 20 different hospitals. He's involved there. And we're really sharing tips and ideas that kind of help you look to prepare in advance to save your life. You know, I love the quote that says, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Of course, Benjamin Franklin wrote that and kind of penned that back in the day or somebody wrote it from him. But at the end of the day, we've all heard that before. We've all heard the quote and it makes a lot of sense. But you know, folks, unfortunately in life, life gets busy and we put priority in our life, things that should not be priority. You know, sitting around and watching two or three hours of TV every day of the week should not be priority. What should be priority is things like, you know what, let's take some time and educate ourselves and refresh what we can do, God forbid, a disaster strikes, not just on the health side, but also on the wealth side of life, you know, and really preparing in advance so that way you can live the way you want to live, leave the legacy you want to leave. If you missed the first segment or or any part of this uh, last segment, feel free to go to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com, and we will be right back. 
You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351-866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're joined today by Dr. Sheehan. He's a board-certified doctor, also has done his fellowship in EMS and disaster medicine. He is, uh, to some degree, overseeing two hospitals in a network group of about 20 hospitals, one of the largest groups in the Northeast. And we're talking about tips and strategies and really ways to prevent major situations happening. Obviously, you can't prevent everything, but to kind of signs to be aware of, things to know, things that you need to know to help you really live a better life. And, you know, one of the things we talked about last segment and even the first segment is the idea of strokes. And in fact, folks, we want you all to remember that the critical time there is three hours. We also talked about the idea of making sure that you do the research to know who the specialists are in your area so that way you know where you're going to go. You want to know in advance where you're going to go. You don't want to have a big situation happen and then all of a sudden you get on your phone or you get on you know, the internet or you get in the phone book and you try and Google and try and search places. You know Who are the specialists? Do that in advance. Make a little list of people to go to and places to go to when this or that happens. And we talked last segment a little bit about how ERs have changed and the importance of board certified docs, which I thought was phenomenal. You know, I didn't realize that was such a, a big deal. And then we also talked about the AEDs. And I want to jump back into that a little bit. The AED units, what's the uh, definition there again? The So an AED is an automatic external defibrillator. That's a fancy way of saying an automated way to shock your heart. Okay. Folks, what we're not talking about here is going and uh, unplugging the wires in your house and putting it on your chest and trying to get a shock, right? <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about a pretty good zap. It's anywhere from 200 to 360 joules. You know, these units are fairly easy to maintain. You know, that's always a, a question that comes up. They have, depending on what model you buy, they have different types of batteries. Most last anywhere from six months to a couple years in some cases. If you don't use them once, they're good to go. They usually have a checkbox on the outside that automatically lets you know that they're in good functioning condition. You know, this is something that you could probably keep in your car. Okay. Maybe the only material that could degrade would be the, the stickiness on the stickers that go on your chest. But I think for the most part, you from could- From the heat, you mean? From the heat, Maybe yeah, just, okay. yeah. But for the most part, if you know you wanted to throw it in your SUV, you know, I think that it would be, for the most part, would be okay. Now, is this something, just a quick note on that, if you were to use these pads, you know, God forbid something happened, you needed to use them. Is this kind of like a one and done deal or is it you got to replace the pads? I mean, can you keep a unit or how does that work? Uh, yeah, no, they're uh, they're reusable, uh, okay. the unit in general. Some companies have a policy where if you use them, the battery needs to be replaced. I see. Um, certainly the pads would have to be replaced, but, uh, you know, batteries somewhere around 100 to $200 and a set of pads is probably 35 to $50. And could you mention again, Dr. Sheehan, some of the companies that you had mentioned earlier as far as these units? Uh, certainly you could Google uh, Physio Control. Phillips or Zoll. Okay. You know, and I would I just ask your ask your doctor about it, your general practitioner. It's no longer required to have a prescription to get an AED. You can buy them without 
medical direction. And it's something that everybody should have at home should there be an emergency. Um, you know, if you're a younger person and maybe your parents are, are visiting or your grandparents if they're still alive and they would happen to have a sudden cardiac event, sudden cardiac death while they're at your house, you'd have this. And uh, if they recover and it's not a certainly nothing's 100 percent in life, but it's the best chance is to get that electricity to them early mm-hmm. uh, during sudden cardiac death, they may recover fully. Yeah, and sooner's always better. You know, folks, obviously, uh, many of you know that we oversee the financial affairs of higher net worth clients. And it's even from the financial side, you know, Dr. Sheen, we see it's important to say, listen, hey, would you rather wait until the market crashes and lose a bunch of money? Or would you rather prepare in advance and figure out what that looks like by engineering a portfolio so that way you can protect yourself when this happens? And same way, folks, on the health side, we want to make sure that you're prepared really in advance. I, I know, you know, my story, uh, my grandfather, actually, my on my dad's side, passed away several Thanksgivings ago, and uh, he was just a hard worker, great guy. We probably all know someone with a story like this or have a story like this. And I know, you know, my story was this, he was someone that just worked hard. He, he was did a variety of different occupations over the years and, you know, had a bread route back in the day and then entered into uh, heating and air conditioning, did that for a while. And my, my father actually still does that some degree, even though he kind of branched out and started his own. But my grandfather passed away on Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, he actually passed away from a heart attack. He was working on his in addition. He was such a worker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was working on his addition, passed away from a heart attack. But, you know, if my grandmother would have had a unit like this, and now maybe it wasn't around to the capacity that it is today, but at the end of the day, if it was, that would have been something that she could have maybe shocked him in, in full recovery. He said this possible yeah, would have yeah, full recovered uh, from this, right? Absolutely. You know, with a couple hour course, there's actually a course out there by the American Heart Association that is specific to AED use. It's a couple-hour course that you can take at your local uh, hospital or community center. And uh, having this unit available, it certainly gives you the best shot. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll put it that way. Nothing, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you can't shock somebody back to life. It's, mm-hmm. it was, Just it was, the way it is. It was their time, Yeah, you know. But uh, sometimes it is possible, and this gives you your best shot because you need to do it as soon as possible. So you have the tools in advance. And I know we talked about the, again, a lot of folks don't like to think about these things, but it is important because it happens. And we talked before about response time. And of course, you've done your fellowship and of course, oversee uh, really an EMS department as well with your expertise. And you mentioned about the time, you know, uh, one minute and a couple minutes. And, you know, by the time the ambulance gets there, depending on where you live, uh, it's it's really too late. So with something like this, you're going to have the ability to at least have that on hand in person, so to speak. And you said you could, it's you know very easy to take with you and that sort of thing. Is there any concern as far as if the unit, other than battery, you know, maybe we, do we know, is there any concern if the unit's been sitting around for, you know, a year, two years, three years, four years? They're all manufacturer specific. And certainly the rep that you would buy it from would give you that information. But for the most part, they can sit for a good amount of time. You know, and maybe you're considering making a, a donation, maybe as part of your uh, portfolio that you want to uh, make a charitable donation, contact your your local police department and see if they carry them. Police officers are more likely to be in their patrol car and on the road and closer to your house in some scenarios than an ambulance. And we just did a big program uh, through the hospital in our county and provided an, an AED to every single police cruiser. And now when someone has a heart attack, they're notified. And sometimes they do beat the ambulance to that situation. They can apply this same machine that you would have at home and attempt to save somebody's life. So 
maybe another route to go if you don't feel comfortable having one of these at home. So we're, again, we're talking folks here with Dr. Sheehan, board certified doctor in uh, uh, fellowship in EMS and disaster medicine. We're covering a variety of different things. I want you to hang around here. We're going to continue to kind of finish up on the AEDs, but at the end of the segment, I want to talk about just a few tips that you can take away to think about staying healthy in life. Because obviously, you know, the ER is there for your need if you do need it, but we want to try and keep away from that. <laughs> if at all possible. So here's a quick question that I have for listeners out there. And before I ask this question, I guess, folks, if you've missed the first segment or two of this show, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com. You can click on the Wealth and Health Show. Also, if you're you're out there and you're using Twitter on a regular basis, send a tweet out to at leanonthewall. Again, that's at leanonthewall. If you have a question or you want to just share a thought about the show. But Dr. Sheen, who should be looking to buy a unit like this, the AED unit specifically? Well, you know, I, I think that if you were going to market it to somebody, so a younger person or somebody older, should they have it? If you're going to look at numbers, you're more likely to have a heart attack if you're older. It's mm-hmm. just more, your body's older, there's plaque that is built up in your heart, and you're more likely to have a heart attack. So, you know, if you were going to ask me a, a number, mm-hmm. uh, certainly anybody over 55 years of age should own one. Like I mentioned earlier, it's only a few thousand dollars and well worth it if you ever need to use it, of course. Mm-hmm. But as an example, my wife and I have one. I have one in the back of my SUV. And sometimes when we go down to the marina, there's a variety of folks there. And we'll, we'll take it with us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it just depends on what your needs are. But certainly over the age of 55, you should have one in the closet at home. Have it there. You know, and folks, that reminds me of when we're talking about this. And we've all probably heard the commercial before. Remember the old I've fallen and I can't get up and you got the little press the button and, you know, somebody comes to get you. And so sometimes people will go and get those things, but we're still waiting on that response time. So, yeah, you've taken a step to be proactive, but you still have that response time that's working against you. So with this, you have something on person at home that's going to help you with that. I want to kind of transition a little bit to the idea of just a few tips as we close this segment out. Maybe for folks, Dr. Sheen, if you may share your thoughts just freely of a few tips that you might give folks listening to this show to say, listen, these are a few tips that you can take to kind of live a healthier life and and really focus on now the positive side of things. Now that we've talked about some of the things that we don't like to discuss a lot of times as folks, even though we want to prepare, what are a few tips that people can do in their lives to say, you know what, we're going to take some steps to live a little bit healthier, pay attention a little bit more with what's happening with their health and their life so they can live a better life. And really, by the way, folks, what that does is that allows you to impact people in a more positive way. So what are a few of those tips? You know, that question can be very wide, and I'm going to focus on one area. My specialty, of course, is emergency medicine, disaster medicine. So figure out what your hazards are in your area. If you live in a hurricane-prone area or if you live in a flood-prone area, maybe a large snowfall, you need to be prepared for those types of events. Could your power go out for a couple of hours, days, sometimes weeks? What would you do if that happened? Do you have bottled water available? Do you have fuel for a generator? Do you have a generator? Is your house set up to run off of a generator? Do you have some basic medical supplies, some pain reliever, sunscreen, bandages? And do you have a way to get medication that you may run out of? I mean, these are all things that you may want to think about if uh, something unfortunate would happen. You know, not everybody has the ability to have a doctor, an ER doctor, right at their disposal. You know, one of the benefits we had a couple of years ago, my son Justice fell and, and actually had a little 
cut on his forehead. Luckily, I knew a, a guy by the name of Doctor Sheehan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he we went down had yeah. a little surgery there in, in the well, house. And looks I, looks beautiful, by the way. It, it, yeah. it sure looks does. Good. You did a, you did a phenomenal job, and we appreciate that. And I know Justice will someday, anyways, for sure. But folks, uh, as we wrap up here, so one of the biggest things we want to kind of encourage you to do is really prepare in advance. I know we've said that several times, but you know it's the idea of uh, repeated things finally stick to the brain. So we want to prepare in advance, create a disaster plan, as he mentioned. I think that's a great thought because a lot of people, I know myself, you know, even, I mean, as I think of some things, there's some things that we need to kind of go get a little checklist and say, okay, what do we need to do? We're not talking folks about getting your Snickers bars and all that stuff ready. We're talking about actually things that you can get prepared for uh, medicine and all these other disasters he mentioned that I think are really, really important. So, Dr. Sheehan, I would just want to thank you again for joining us uh, today, and it was a great show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mike. I had a lot of fun, and I look forward to talking with you again. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to have you back and, and have a good time talking about a variety of different things. But folks, thanks again for joining us, and we'll be right back after this. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Well, welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And I hope you've enjoyed the show so far. We've been interviewing Dr. Sheehan. He, he was just really sharing a lot of his thoughts on why it's important to prepare in advance and having a disaster plan and some of the different things that he's seen in the medical field. And really, really great stuff. He's got a great position and really had a lot of experience in a lot of things. So I was glad we had the opportunity to kind of pull him in, so to speak. But he had to go away for the last segment, so I pulled Danny in to kind of help us round it out, round the last segment out. She's joined us. Obviously, Danny's my partner in Wall Aster and Company. And we just wanted to continue the conversation in this last segment and just really continue to talk about the idea of preparing in advance. And, you know, not just from the perspective of health and medical and all that, although that is very important. You know, Danny, I was just, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier. Unfortunately, uh, just a little while back, I had an automobile accident and, you know, was in a situation where just a couple of days after, I kind of felt okay. But uh, one of the friends that we know is a doctor, and I went and visited with him, and uh, he kind of checked some things out and checked all these things out and said, you know, a lot of times it, it takes a little longer for some of these symptoms and signs to show up. And so consequently, I'm glad I went to check and see what was going on because there was some soreness, there was some swelling, there was some different things just to be, you know, be considerate of. And so I think what happens is if I wouldn't have done that, and I would just said, ah, you know, heck with it. I know it happened. It was kind of, you know, hit the wall going 75 miles an hour. And, you know, I walked away. Everything was good. Praise God for that. But all that to be said, you know, a lot of times there's effects that happen onto your body. And uh, if you don't go get checked out, sooner than later, 
you know, you're going to be in a situation where you could have greater consequences. And so really, again, preparing in advance for anything is necessary. And folks, by the way, if you're in a situation where you, as Dr. Sheehan in the last segments has mentioned to us about, you know, you've started the process of getting your preparedness plan, so to speak, or, you know, disaster plan ready or that sort of thing, you got some tips on that. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Send us a tweet out to at lean on the wall. Again, at lean on the wall. If you missed the first parts of the segments with Dr. Sheehan, you're not going to want to miss it. Great stuff. Visit leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. And you'll be able to click on those previous links. But, you know, Danny, I, I was thinking of this, talking about kind of preparing in advance. And sometimes I think of the idea of preparing our minds in advance for different tasks or different things we want to do. I love this quote. It says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're absolutely right. And I know we've seen that in a lot of ways, right? Absolutely, Mike. I, I know, uh, you know, we've spoken about this concept a little bit before, but you really have to, you know, be prepared for everything. And if you don't have your mind right, then, you know, if you set yourself up for failure, you will fail. Mm. But then again, you can't be scared of failure either, because that's how you succeed. You just got to be willing to get back up and keep going. Well, that's exactly right. And I love the idea. You know, I listen to Zig a lot. Of course, most of you that have listened to me for some time now know that. And Danny, you know that, obviously, too. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a little bit. But anyways, he, you know, one of the things he always talked about was the idea of fear and the acronym of that being false evidence appearing real. When you think about that, a lot of times there's things that, you know, we've heard the old saying before, there's nothing to fear but fear itself and, you know, all those things. And to some degree, that is true, you know, but we also need to make sure that we're preparing. It's not like looking in the future and saying, well, I don't think this will happen or no, nah, I don't think that'll come about or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and, and so we want to make sure that we're preparing, you know, obviously on our end you know, working with higher net worth clients, helping them kind of protect and grow their wealth. And on the company that we partner with, help them save significant dollars in taxes. And it's just really neat. You know, the folks that we've been able to see as they've come in, that we've been able to help them kind of shield themselves from the downturn of the market, but yet have opportunity to make nice gains along the way and also reposition things in such a way through different companies and businesses that we do to help them save money in taxes. And they would not realize all those things if, if they wouldn't really take the steps to prepare in advance. And so, Danny, what are some of the things that you would say, maybe some actionable steps that kind of help people clarify in, in their minds, why is it important to prepare in advance? And what are some things you can do to just generally pick what's important to prepare in advance for? Well, it, as soon as you say prepare in advance, my mind automatically goes to taxes. Mm. So, <laughs> And as you love taxes, that's why we uh, partnered up for, with Wall Lester. It's, it's, a, it's a great fit. It's it's my downfall. But really, I, I mean, in, in every area of your life, you should prepare in advance. But kind of what's unique about what we offer is people hate taxes. Mm. But you know what people do love? is saving money. Mm -hmm. So we encourage our clients to prepare in advance, come in as early in the year as possible so you can put together a plan to save money throughout the entire year. Because if you come to us at the end of the year with a stack of receipts, you know, we're not going to be able to fix your history. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be able to rewrite your history, but we sure can help you plan for your future. Mm. And so that's, it's very important to prepare in advance in that area of your life. So um, you've, sure. you've seen that for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. We've got clients. I mean, we have clients that we're saving tens, twenties, thirties, $40,000 a year for. Yeah. And if they wouldn't have come to us, you know, beginning mid year, they yeah. wouldn't be saving that now if yeah. they'd come to us at the end of the year. Yeah, I know. I think of that that couple uh, that we've just connected with. They're from Louisiana, and uh, you know, in the process of saving them significant dollars in taxes, upwards of almost sixty thousand a year. Now, obviously, folks, as you're listening to this, you know that's the Wall Lasseter company that she's talking about, and and what 
most of the folks that are going to qualify there are going to be higher income earners, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year in income. That's what that company does. And then obviously Wall Financial Group, Retire Well, those companies are primarily focused on managing, protecting, growing wealth, legacy planning, et cetera, around higher income dollars. So and higher net worth type clients. But if you have questions on that, how do you do that? How do you prepare in advance from that perspective? Maybe that's something you want to do. Uh, visit us at leanonthewall.com. Reach out to us, leanonthewall.com. There's a lot of education there, a lot of things you can learn, and you can reach back out to us. There's a place where you can click on to see if you qualify for a uh, complimentary consultation and all those sorts of things. But you know, when it comes to life in general, I think one of the things in preparing in advance, because that's kind of the end subject that Dr. Sheehan kind of led us down to this segment, Danny, is I think a lot of times it's important when it comes to health. You know, a lot of times we're, as a culture, we're so busy. You know, we just kind of do what we do. We live fast. We talked just a couple, I think it was a show or two ago, we talked about the idea of, I was interviewing a guest and we talked about millennials and how that generation and that culture, Danny, has changed so much today. And this is a guy, the gentleman that I was interviewing owns a, a pretty large PR company and they've, he's been involved in media for years and years and years. So he's had to be able to opportunity to really see the other side of the desk. And he was talking about how they have millennials at this stage of the game have a really good work slash life balance, meaning, you know, they're, they're not all just into work all the time, work, 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 work. And then when I'm 50 or 60, then I'll stop working and actually start to enjoy life. They figured out the work-life balance as life moves along. And you know, I think from that perspective, I think preparing in advance is, folks, the idea of taking a look at what you want your life to look like, right? Because I love the thinking and the thought that says, Danny, it says, you know, really, someday we will all say either one of two things, and that is, I'm glad I did or I wish I had, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. it's just going to happen. We're going to look back someday. And I, I know you've made some transition over your life in the past, you know, to kind of set you up in a place where you can someday look back and say, I'm glad I did instead of I wish I had. And, you know, at, at the time when you do those things, folks, when you make some changes, when you take some hard steps to do the things you know you need to do, it can be challenging because it's not normal. It's out of your comfort zone. It's things that you would just rather not do. You know, maybe you'd rather just sit around and not do anything than do what you need to do. But, you know, it's the idea of doing the things that you need to do when you need to do them. And the day will come when you can do the things you want to do when you want to do them. So as you look at your life and as you're looking at different things, what I would suggest, folks, based on, again, what a lot of Dr. Sheehan said, and he shared a lot of good insight on on a lot of things, not only for disaster preparedness, but in a lot of other parameters. And in my opinion, I think it's important to go ahead and look down your life Get your sheet of paper out. Keep it real simple. Get a sheet of paper and a pen and just write health, wealth, physical, spiritual, emotional, and look at all of those things. And I remember there's a diagram that I used to do back in the day, and and you could actually even do this if you wanted on your sheet of paper. And Danny, what we did is we drew a circle, almost like it was a wheel, right? And then we drew spokes in that wheel, if you can imagine an old wagon wheel (laughs) back in the day, right? And we had spokes in that wheel, whether the three, four, five spokes, just depending on how many, how many categories you want to you focus on. And then we would put each one of those in one of those, each one of those categories inside you know, the spoke, if you will, inside each spoke in the wheel. And basically, so you're kind of creating a pie chart to some degree is what you're doing. And what happened here is the goal was to say, okay, grade yourself on each category, health, wealth, you know, physical, spiritual, emotional. Grade yourself on each one of those, one being you're, you're doing horrible. You know, like it, health is real easy. You know, I eat McDonald's all the time. I eat, <laughs> nice. I, uh, I mean, I don't, but I'm just saying that that could be something where, you know, you're eating fast food all the time. You're eating frozen food all the time. You're not eating healthy. 
So maybe you rank yourself at a five or a four or three, be honest with yourself, and then look at the physical. You know, and that's some things for me right now that kind of gets along the wayside because life's busy. And I and really what it is, is it's an excuse. I just need to spend and create priority, get up a little earlier, do what I need to do. But how are you doing on the physical side? Where you want to be, where you are now, how are you doing there? One to 10. And then what would happen is, Danny, inside that pie chart, you draw those lines based on how well you did, you know, physical, spiritual, emotional, etc. And maybe you draw the line, you know, let's say you'd have one to 10 and maybe the five only goes halfway. And then you'd finish that circle all the way around each one of those spokes. Maybe one of the spokes is eight, the other spoke is six, and the other spoke is 10, another spoke is three. So obviously the spoke that is 10 is longer than the spoke that's three. Are you with me? So now you're in a situation where you draw that circle around it and take a look at that wheel and think about it from a realistic perspective. If you said, okay, if I took that pie chart, that wheel that I just drew based on how I'm doing in my life, as far as having balance, and I took that wheel, if I was able to, and took it off the paper and actually put it on my car. You might be in trouble. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of gives you a little bit of an idea. You're going to have a rough ride. Sit down. It doesn't take long. And honestly evaluate your life. And honestly evaluate where you are. What are the areas you're strong in? What are the areas you're poor in? If you have questions about that, you want to learn more, feel free to visit us, leanonthewall.com. Also, if you want to share your story of what process you've gone through to improve your consistency in life and preparing in advance, reach out to us at Lean on the Wall is our Twitter handle, at Lean on the Wall. Folks, that's all the time we have for you uh, this week, but I hope you've enjoyed the show. And again, if you missed any part of the show with Dr. Sheehan, some of the other things you're not going to want to miss it, feel free to reach back out to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's the website you can go to on the good old World Wide Web, leanonthewall.com. And you'll be able to check us out. You'll be able to also check out previous shows and the beginning part of this show from the Wealth and Health Show. And if you want to reach out to us and just share your thoughts, what you learned about the show, some things you're going to implement, some things that you struggled with, whatever it may be, reach out to us at Lean on the Wall. That's our Twitter handle, at Lean on the Wall. And until next week, here's to living well. Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Information provided during The Wealth and Health Show is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.